night the devil's going to be fighting all day long amen how many of you felt the battle amen well let's just shake it off okay just shake it off amen because how many know sometimes you just got to shake it off amen we felt the battle it was intense but hey we made it through Woo! hallelujah Oh, I'm like you, brother. I can feel the glory of the Lord. Mm. Just grab a hold of someone's hand next to you. Mm. Mm. Father, we thank you for this worship team. Oh, that leads us into your glory, that leads us into your presence. Father, we join our hands with one another and we decree and declare and we are asking that you take us deeper than we've ever gone. Deeper than we've ever gone. There's a depth out there, Father God Almighty, Lord, that's deeper than we've ever gone. And Father, it's our hearts cry the night that we go there. <laughs> Woo! That you take us beyond where we're at right now into a deeper of your depth, into a deeper of your deepness, Father. The deep inside of us is crying out for more of the deep that you have for us. Ooh. We ask that you take us there. Mm. We do thank you for what you've already done in us, through us, what you are doing through us, but we know there's more. Oh, God, there has to be more. The harvest is awaiting us. There has to be more. In Jesus' name, amen. Brother, sister, we always thank you for the invite to come down and minister, amen. It's always a joy to come down here, amen. Our crowd keeps on getting bigger. There was 18 of us here for a while, amen. Isn't God good? Everybody say revival. revival. I feel like I'm preaching to the choir, but maybe we just need to be reminded. Amen. How I many know it's good to be reminded every so often? You know, the fullness of revival. Everybody say the fullness of revival. That's what I'm going to be ministering on. Amen. First and utmost, we know that revival is all about the presence of God. Amen. Everybody say the presence. That's what it's all about. Amen. Psalms chapter 27, verse 8. This is what God was, God said this to David. Well, David was saying to God, when you told me to seek your face. Amen. Did you hear that? David had an encounter with God that God told him, seek my face. <laughs> seek my presence. Amen. Then David's response was, my heart leaped up and said, yes, I will go after you. Woo, hallelujah. Listen to me, we need to continually be chasing him. Amen. In a sense, we get satisfied, but we don't need to let that satisfaction keep us from going after more. Amen. We need, we need to always have one of the themes of the Brownsville Revival that we always refer to because we got to be a part of it 
was that there is more, Lord. Everybody say more. I love what God has already done to me, but I got this in, I got this craving inside of me for more. Everybody say more. So that's the, the revival is all about him. It's all about him coming and being the center of everything. Amen. Everybody say everything. Not just the sinner in our churches, but the sinner in our homes. And not just the sinner in our homes, but the sinner of our lives. Amen. How I many knows all about him? And it needs to be all about him, you know. And so easy sometimes that to, to kind of drift away from that. Amen. It's so easy sometimes just to kind of stray away from that. Listen to me, listen to me. John Davis always said this. If I heard him say it once, I've heard him say it a dozen times when I travel with him and him coming up. Keep the main thing, the main thing, amen? And I mean, the presence of God is the main thing. I'm telling you right now, just like I said last night, the nation of Israel, what made them different than any other nation? It was because of the presence of God Almighty was in the midst of them, amen? Listen to me, church. You need to keep on entertaining the presence of God, amen? It's just not a service thing. It's a lifestyle. It has to become a lifestyle. It's just not something that we pursue and go after when we have a service, but we are chasing him every day, amen? We should be ever pursuing him, amen? We should be ever longing for his face, longing for more of him, amen? Everybody say, it's all about him. It's just literally all about him. Woo! Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but the Lord's been ruining me even more. I've ever been ruined before in my life, amen? And I don't mind it because I want more of him. Everybody say more of him. More of him. We, we, can't, we can't get distracted on everything else, especially for us that's in the ministry. It's so easy to get distracted on everything else. It's just so easy, you know, to get caught up in the ministry of everything and, 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 and in doing everything that, that all of a sudden we forget about the, how we need to host his presence individually, did you hear me? You and I need to be hosting his presence every day. Not just at service times, but every day. Amen. So, so first and utmost, we know it's about his presence. And how many love it when his presence comes raining down? No, how many of you love it when his presence comes raining down on you? Amen. How many love it when you feel the awesomeness of God just burning and flowing through you? Amen. And that you're just captivated by his presence. Amen. In 2 Chronicles 5 and in 2 Chronicles 7, it talks about depths that we have never even, that we haven't even attained yet. In both of them, in both of them chapters, there's a depth that it says that, 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 that the presence of God came down into the temple of Solomon and the priests couldn't function. <laughs> oh, God, crowd us out. <laughs> take, take us over, Amen. How I many know we need to be taken over? It said that they, the priests couldn't even function inside the temple because of God's presence was so strong, amen? And if it, as, as if that wasn't enough, when you go to 2 Chronicles 7, it said that the glory and the presence of God come down so strong in the temple, the priests could not even get inside. How I many of you are longing for them days? Oh, come on, raise up your hand. I mean, have you really longing for them days, amen? 
Listen, there's more. Look at your neighbor and say, there's more. I was telling someone the other day, I think I'm only ankle deep. I really feel like I'm only ankle deep. You know, when you read about like revivals and when you read about in scriptures about how the depthness of God is there, we're just ankle deep. I'm telling you right now, I don't know about you, I've never been crowded out of a building because the presence of God was there. But did you hear me? They could not enter the place. They could not get into the temple because God crowded them out. It was like God says, I don't really need you. I'm going to come and take up residence, amen. How many know God needs to take up residence, amen? And not just in our services, but in our own lives. God needs to be on the throne of our hearts, amen. He needs to be the center of our attention and our affections, amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all about him. The second thing about revival is, 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 is it is that the church is falling in love with Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Listen to me. We need to be so in love with him because he's so in love with us. Amen. How many know that he's so incredibly in love with you? If you don't think that he loves you, all you got to do is look at the cross. Whenever somebody comes to me and says, I don't know, I'm kind of struggling with, with, you know, feeling that God really loves me. I said, just look at the cross. <laughs> Let me know if you look at the cross, you see love, amen? Jesus said there's no greater love than this than one that laid down their lives for another. And how many know he laid his life down for us, amen? And listen to me, the lover wants lovers, amen? The pursuer wants to be pursued, amen? We need to fall in love with Jesus, amen? The church in, 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 uh, in Revelations, the church of Ephesus, God said, you gotta return to me, Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, we need to return to him. We have drifted away from our first love. We have, we, we have distanced ourselves from our first love. And revival is about the church coming back and falling in love with the one that forever loves us, amen? How many are thankful for his love? Come on, how many are thankful that when you messed up, his love's there to wipe you clean, amen, and to restore you, Amen. You know, you, you know, God told the church in Ephesus, you have gone somewhere. You have, you have separated yourself from me. I need you to come back to me. I need you to fall in love with me. I need you to, to have intimacy with me. We need to be one again, amen? The church has to be in love with Jesus. We can't be in love with anything else. We can't. We can't, we can't be in love even with our services. We can't even be in love with our pastors and, and all the other people before being in love with Jesus, amen? How many know that he's the only forever one that we have? Amen. Do you understand that? He's the only forever one that you have. Everybody in this room is temporary. Amen. Everybody that you see in here is temporary, but Jesus is the only forever one that we have, amen? And he needs to be the love of our life, amen? He needs to be the love that we give him all of our devotion and that we give him all of our affection, amen? That we give him everything back that he has given us, amen? That we actually give him our life because he's given, he has given us his life, amen? Amen? You and I got to get back. It's, it, it, the revival is about the church falling in love with Jesus. Everybody say falling in love. Woo. My, my, my. That's why I love it when you guys sing that song, Yeshua. I just heard that song about a week or two before we come down here. I never even heard of it. You know? Some of you look like, well, where you been at, Brother Alpha? I don't know, but I've never heard of that song. 
But all of a sudden when I heard that song, that's the only song I've been playing for the last two weeks, and I started weeping. And I started crying because I know where that's taken out of. I know it's taken out of the Song of Solomon. I know it's taken out of the Song of Solomon because her beloved come, and, and, and how many know that you and I got to learn to yield to God at inconvenient times? <laughs> Amen. How many know that you and I got to allow him to come at inconvenient times and stir our hearts to have communion with us? Amen. And that's what happened. You know, you know, the, the beloved came and tried to open up the door and, and, and the female on the inside. It's like the church, you know, you know, she started offering up these flimsy excuses. She goes, how can I put my robe on again? <laughs> I'm sitting there thinking the same way you took it off. Okay. <laughs> Amen. And then she goes, how can I get my, get my feet dirty again? It's like, your beloved's at the door. <laughs> Amen. And so all of a sudden, you know, he leaves. Now she has to chase after him. And then she comes up on a bunch of other ladies and said, oh, you got to find, you got to help me find my beloved. And they're going, what is your beloved among any other beloveds? And so she started talking to him about him. And then all of a sudden, they, we need to meet this guy. <laughs> That's a beautiful, that Yeshua, that just wrecks me. I mean, it just wrecks me. I just, it's just like, I just weep through it. <laughs> I just weep through it because we need to be in love with Jesus. Amen. Come on. I mean, no, we need to be in love with Jesus. You know, you know, it, it's all about his presence. It's all about the church falling in love again. Amen. Everybody say fall in love. Listen to me. He's the only forever one you have. Just like I talked about last night, I've had, I've had to die hundreds of death and I'll have to die hundreds of death before because I've got to constantly die every time I think about my wife or see a picture of my wife. I constantly got to die so I don't get an attitude toward God. I've never blamed God. I hope I never will blame God. I don't want to ever think about blaming God. But every time I remember, every time I see her, we celebrated her birthday before we come. It was emotional on Saturday. It was really emotional, you know. But I always got to say this, I, it is well with my soul. <laughs> Because she was his before she was mine. Amen. But I had to learn that he's the only forever one I have. Everybody else is temporary. So that's why we need to be in love with the only forever one that we have. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody say fall in love with Jesus. It's all about the presence and it's all about falling in love with him. When he shows up, you got to fall in love with him. You just can't receive from him and walk away from him. Amen. You got to fall in love with him so that your heart is pursuing him every day. Amen. That your, that your heart, my heart, is chasing after him every day. Amen. Another, another phrase, phase of revival is, is, is a church coming alive. If I say alive. alive. It, it, it's a church coming alive. For too many years, the church has been dead. <laughs> Listen, we haven't had much to offer anybody out there. Amen. I mean, I understand what I'm talking about. We have not had a lot to offer anyone because we ourselves have been dead. <laughs> and there was no life in us. Amen. That's why I love the story of Ezekiel chapter 37, the story of the dry bones. Amen. You know, God, you know, God put Ezekiel down in the middle of this valley full, full of dead, dry bones. Amen. And listen to me. It wasn't that they were just dead, but they were dry. 
I, I really didn't understand that concept until my sister Carol needed to have a, 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 bone, a piece of bone put onto her knee. She had something, a tumor or something show there. And, 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 and the way they brought the piece of bone, they could not allow the bone to dry out else the bone would be useless. Amen. But listen to me. This was a valley of dead and dry bones. That means the bones were not just dead, but they were dried up, useless, amen? Everybody say useless. And all of a sudden, God says, do you think I can do anything here? I like Ezekiel's answer because it's like mine. Only you know, God. <laughs> I mean, what I'm talking about. I mean, some, some things you look at like, whoo, only you can do what you're, you, you understand what I'm talking about? but it's the church coming alive. Everybody say the church coming alive. God told Ezekiel, start prophesying. Just follow my lead. How many know it's very important that we follow his lead, amen? It's very important that we speak what he wants us to speak at the time that he wants us to speak it, amen? And, and so Ezekiel said, I just, told, I just started speaking what God told me to speak, and all of a sudden, things started happening, amen? All of a sudden, a rattling started happening, and the bones were coming. Could you imagine being seeing that? imagine seeing all these skulls I grew up with some scary movies I'd be freaked out if I was in this vision myself like wow amen my dad used to let us, let us watch the scariest movie and then he goes time to go to bed it's like I'm not going back to that room <laughs> you go back and check it out for me there might be something underneath the bed I couldn't imagine having this vision right here and all the bones were coming together everybody say coming together you know, a lot of times we love it when things start coming together. Amen? But everything was together, but there was no life. How many know you can have everything together, but no life? I'm going to say that again. You and I can have everything together, but no life. It came together. All the bones came together and all the veins and all the muscles and all the skin and everything, but, 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 but yet there was no life in that. Amen? And so God told, told Ezekiel again, now I want you to prophesy to the four winds. I want you to prophesy to the four winds to come and start blowing, amen, to bring life inside of us. Listen to me. We need the breath of God to come and bring life inside of us, amen. Amen. We need, the, we, need, we need the ruach of God, the spirit of God to breathe deep inside of us, amen, to bring us alive. It's about the church coming alive, amen. Listen, if we don't have no life, we don't have nothing to give people. <laughs> Amen. You know, why the, you know why people are attracted to the world? Because the world has some type of life. It's not the right type of life, but they have some type of life. The things I did, I didn't do because someone threatened to shoot me or something. I did it because there was life out there, even though it's the wrong type of life. Amen. But it's about the church coming alive, amen? It's about Ezekiel chapter 37 actually happening, amen? To where everything is put together and then God starts breathing into it and we come and we rise up, amen? And we become an army. Everybody say an army. army. And God told Ezekiel, now you tell, go to the nation of Israel and you say, this is what you've been saying to me. You've been saying that we've been cut off. There's no hope for us. And then God told, told Ezekiel, said, Let, tell them I'm going to bring them up out of their graves. <laughs> Woo! How many of you felt you've been like in a grave? Come on, how many of you felt like you've been in the darkness? Amen. 
I've, done, I've, wrote, I've never wrote any poems in my entire life. I really haven't. When I was in school, I really didn't do good in school. When, you know, how many know they try to teach you how to write poems in school? I tried to figure, figure out so many ways to rewrite Roses Are Red and Violets Are Blue to make them own. Anybody else? So I could Google, what, are you, what is that? You know, and so, and so, but when my wife went to heaven, all of a sudden, the, this bursting forth of poems just started coming up inside of me. It just happened one night uh, when we was looking at the full moon or the blood moons or whatever and everything. But I remember a poem come up inside of me called The Grave. It's, and with every poem, I put a verse, a scripture verse in it. And the poem of The Grave, I put this scripture in there. Because God said, I will bring you up out of your graves. You know what that means? God's going to bring you alive. He's going to make you alive. You know, whatever grave life has put you in, God's going to pull you about that. Amen. And he's going to bring us alive. It's about the church coming alive. Everybody say alive. alive. It's literally about the church coming alive. Amen. Another phase of, of, of revival is, is the church is going to start walking and needs to walk in holiness and purity. Holiness, amen. Everybody say holiness, you know. That little word be holy is like, in a sense, to a lot of people in the body of Christ, it's kind of like a cuss word. It's like, I don't want to hear that. Amen. But just like your pastor said last night, he's looking for a pure, spotless bride, amen. He's looking for a pure, spotless bride, He's looking for a bride that has a bride that has no blemishes, you know, that has no stains. Amen. Pure and spotless. So uh, another phase of the revival is that we start walking in holiness. Amen. We we go back to maybe what we call the old timers, I guess, or we go back to to to, to the days of where holy. And, and listen to me. I know they got carried away. Okay, I, I know there's, I, I grew up, I know some things became legalistic. But boy, my, you know what we did? We took this, the pendulum from over here, and we swung it way over there. And now you can do anything. <laughs> amen. We need to bring it back to the middle, amen. Listen to me, the scripture says, without holiness, no one will see God, amen. God tells us through Peter, be holy because I am holy. Amen. And listen to me. The simple definition of holy is God just wants us to be clean. Everybody say be clean. He wants us to get the sin out of our lives. He wants us to walk in holiness. He wants us to be pure. Amen. He, he doesn't want us to have any other type of lovers inside of us. He doesn't want us dabbling in sin all the time. You know, listen to me. The, the main thing that, that the reason why a lot of people keeps going back to stuff is because a lot of people really don't want freedom from it. When I got gloriously saved, I got, I got gloriously saved after partying one night. I, I, I cannot to this day remember where I woke up at. I can't. Maybe, I, maybe Lord, maybe I, I shouldn't remember it. But I remember after, after partying through, I don't know, all night long, all night, I remember getting up. I remember sitting on the side of the bed. I remember looking out the window. I remember going, dear God, there has to be something better than this. I didn't say, dear God. I just said, wow, there has to be something better than this. All of a sudden, I heard the voice of Jesus. I heard a voice. He says, there is something better. It's me. It's Jesus. That shocked me that he was there. It shocked me so much, I was going, did you see anything that I did, or did you just now show up? How many of you understand what I'm talking about? 
Did you see what I saw? What I did? I'm telling you, he said, he said, there is something better. And it's me, it's Jesus. I instantly got up and bowed on the side of that bed. And I confessed my sins. How many understand what I'm talking about? We don't have confession of sins no more. I confess my sins, and, and, and I'm telling you, the Lord gave into my life, amen? The, 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 the desire for alcohol and the desire for the little drugs that I was doing, it kind of like broke off of me, and I was a changed person. I had to call my future wife because we were dating. You know, I had to call her so I knew, wow, okay, now I'm serving the Lord, so now if she don't want to serve the Lord, I had to be ready to let her go. I, had, I knew that. Back in that day, you know, I had to drive around and find a payphone. So I found a payphone. I called my wife, and, and all, uh, she wasn't my wife then. We were dating. So I called her, and I said, hey, how you doing? She goes, what happened to you? I said, I don't know. What happened to me? I said, what do you mean what happened to me? She goes, there's something different about you. She heard it in my voice. Did you hear me? She heard it in my voice. That's true salvation. People can hear a difference. So I, I took, a, you know, swallowed a lump in my throat, and I said, okay, I'm going to have to be willing to let her go if she doesn't want this Jesus, because I wasn't going to let go of Jesus. <laughs> amen. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. He came in. He found me. I couldn't find him. He found me, amen. And I mean, he just came in and just swept all that junk out of me and just purified all that junk out of me. And so I told her the same story I just told you. And she goes, okay, I'm, I'm, I got to get off the phone. I thought, oh, my God, I've lost her. <laughs> you know, but I had to be okay with her. I said, so I said why you got to get off the phone for? And she said, if he can do that to you, I'm going to go to my bedroom and ask him into my heart. Amen. Me and my wife got saved on the same day. We wasn't in the church. Amen. She saw and heard the change in me. I mean, that's true salvation. But see, we got to live holy. Amen. I say all that because the drugs fell off of me, thank God. The alcohol fell off of me, thank God. You know, there was one thing that stayed with me for a while. It was them stinking cigarettes. I mean, I'm talking about. And you know what? The reason why they hung on long to me, because I really didn't want to give them up. Amen. They only stayed inside of me because I really didn't want to give it up. A lot of people has problem with sinfulness because a lot of times we really don't want to give it up. Amen. So we need to be walking in holiness. Everybody say holiness. Purity, amen. He's looking for a pure bride. Amen. He's looking for a pure bride. So another phase of, of revival is that the, it's the church walking in holiness. Amen. Not, not all this mixture stuff that's out there. Amen. I mean, no, it's still, like I said last night, it's a narrow way. It's a, it's a narrow way. And the scripture says it's a highway of holiness. Amen. Everybody say holiness. holiness. Hallelujah. Listen to this. And this is where real revival comes in. Okay, I mean, everything's a revival. But if we can get this down, this is like real revival, amen? Real revival is when the church starts loving one another. Amen? 
I'm going to say that again. Revival is when we start loving one another. Amen. Not just tolerating, you know, one another, but we're loving one another. Jesus said in his word, they will know you are my disciples by your love for one another. <laughs> Amen. You know, we are called to love one another. We got to learn. We got to get past all this stuff of being irritated at one another all the time, frustrated at one another all the time. Amen. We got to get past that and we got to start loving. Amen. Because the scripture says that they will know we are his disciples by our love for one another. Amen. Amen. We're supposed to love one another. Amen. That's what the scripture says. Love one another. You got, listen to me. The world is going to know that we are God's disciple when they know that we're loving one another. Listen to me. We won't be able to love the world if we can't love one another. If we're getting irritated at little things inside the house, amen, wait till the harvest comes in. <laughs> amen. I mean, I understand because the harvest isn't going to come in all cleaned up. You understand what I'm talking about? They're harvest. And so the scripture says that we that 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 they will know us by our love for one another. Amen. We got to get a love for one another. I mean, my goodness, if you believe you're going to heaven, I mean, believe you're going to heaven. Come on, raise your hands. If you believe you're going, listen, we're going to be living with each other forever. <laughs> Amen. Oh, I know it's going to be glorious up there, and we, and we won't have all the frustrations we have now, but we've got to learn to pass the test down here. Amen? Amen? But revival is the church loving one another. <laughs> Amen? We've got to get rid of all the division. Amen? we just got to get rid of all that. We've got, we, 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 we got to, to, to uh, uh, you know, to love one another. Amen? The Scripture says... As you want people to do to you, you need to be doing that to them. Amen? That's what Scripture says. Whatever you want men, whatever you want your brothers or sisters, however you want them to treat you, you're supposed to be treating them. A lot of times I think we're getting what we're sowing. Amen? How I many know Scripture doesn't lie? God says, hey, Scripture doesn't lie. Whatever you person sows, that's what you get. So, so if we're mean and hateful in the body of Christ, maybe we're getting mean and hatefulness from other people because we're mean and hateful. Amen? But we're supposed to love one another. Everybody say, love one another. We're supposed to be loving. We're brothers and sisters in the Lord. Amen? We are family. Everybody say, family. And, and a lot of people go, well, that's the problem <laughs> because we're family. <laughs> Amen. But even that loving one another is supposed to go over into our homes. Amen. It's not just this corporate love, which is which is supposed to be, but it's also inside your four walls. Amen. You're supposed to love one another inside your four walls. Amen. And people will know you're God's disciple by you loving one another. Amen. Listen to me. You can hide stuff until you have kids. <laughs> Listen, I started in Sunday school class as a Sunday school teacher. Little Johnny, little Susie, they start talking. <laughs> and they'll reveal what's going on in your house. <laughs> and they have no problem doing that. 
They'll show up and oh, mom and dad, they had an argument all the way to church. All the way to church, you know, always like, oh, don't tell us that, okay, you know, you're just trying to cover, oh, no, no, you need to listen to me, I need to let you know this. <laughs> I, think, I think kids are like God's eyes inside our homes, because they have no problem telling, how I many know they don't have no problem telling anything? But revival is the church loving one another, not just tolerating one another, but we're actually in love with one another. We're actually in love with one another that we're willing to cover one another. I'm tired of the spirit of exposure. Some people have a badge. We tell people all the time, take that badge off. You know, God did not call you police the body of believers, okay? Call, get that off. Amen. Because we're supposed to be loving one another. Everybody say loving one another. Revival is the church loving one another. Amen. And, and, and the scripture says that they will know that we are his disciples by our love for one another. Amen? Amen? Loving one another. Isn't God good? I can feel the presence of the Lord. Amen? Whoo! Isn't God good? Oh, I know, I know. Trust me. I wish everybody was perfect too. Amen. But the most imperfect one a lot of times is what I see in the mirror. Yeah, I mean, you understand what I'm talking about? I know that's a hard pill for some people to swallow. But whether you believe it or not, you irritate people too. Amen. You may not want to accept that, but you do. I mean, you understand what I'm talking about? You know, we, you know. There's, and there's, like I said, sometimes, and sometimes we do it intentional. And then ask the Lord to, for forgiveness afterwards, amen? It's like, Lord, close your eyes, turn your head. <laughs> Cover your ears. And then give me five minutes and then you can come back and I'll repent, amen? But I mean, no, we're supposed to have love for one another. Everybody said love for one another. You know, when I first got, listen to me, when, before I became a pastor, I didn't know there was any problems in the church. I was shocked when I became a pastor. Because when, when I was just a congregant member, it's like, I guess you wasn't aware of everything. <laughs> but then when you become a pastor, it's like you're aware of stuff. We, we, we took over a church that was, you know, kind of down, you know, and everything, and it wasn't a lot of people. And so we, we took over, and so uh, I, I showed up for the first Sunday, hadn't met anybody there. Uh, you know, on, a, on like a good basis. And so the worship leader come up to me and said, I'd like to meet with you tomorrow. I said, oh, that's good. I'd like to meet with you. I'm going to make sure we're on the same page. And so we got to the, to, to the church, and I'm thinking, hey, we're going to talk and get on the same page. And he goes, he goes I just want to let you know I'm leaving my wife. I thought, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> this is like my first day on watch. It's like, wow. I said, what do you mean you're leaving your wife? You can't do that. That's not even scriptural. Not even biblical. He goes, no, I am. I said, well, why do you think you're going to leave her for? Just because of some financial decision that she made, you know, he left his wife over a financial thing. I thought, dear God, I'm not cut out for this. Okay. <laughs> I did not know. I trust me, I did not know that stuff was in the body of Christ. I did not know that. Amen. I just did not know that. 
I did not know there was so much of a lack of love for one another in the body of Christ. Amen. Whew, isn't God good? Amen. <clears throat> so everybody that wants to be in the ministry, God bless you when you get there. Okay, God bless you when you get there. Amen. May the Lord bless you. Amen. Anybody that thinks you can do better than us, go. <laughs> and the Lord bless you. Make his face shine upon you. Don't call us when you have problems, okay? <laughs> you learn to do it like we did. Isn't that right? It's by trial and error. It's like, okay. It's like the Lord throws you. It's good that God doesn't tell you all about it before he throws you into it. Because if God was to give me a rundown of what I was going to go through, I'd say, ah, I don't want that. I'll just stay over here. Amen. But it's amazing everybody else can do it better until they get there. You know, until I tell everybody that wants, it's like you said, I tell everybody that wants to be in charge, go start your own. God bless you. You're going to get a bunch of people like you. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, no, that's biblical. I mean, no, that the nation of Israel wanted a king. You remember that? So God goes, oh, you don't like me, me leading you through the prophets? Okay. Okay, I'll give you a king. I'm going to give you a king just like you. They got Saul. Saul was just like them. Amen. So anyway, go start your own church. Hallelujah. God bless you. <laughs> amen. But anyway, the, the last thing that that revival is about, amen, and we cannot, we cannot ignore this thing. Amen. It's about the harvest. Everybody say the harvest. It's about souls. Everybody say souls. We cannot forget about this. Amen. We just can't keep coming and uh, 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 absorbing this awesomeness and not do nothing with it. Amen. How many know that it's all about souls? How many know Jesus said, I must be about my father's business? Listen to me, church. We have a business, and it's our father's business. Amen. And he wants the world to be saved. Amen. Hallelujah. I remember, you know, uh, Jeremy went, uh, uh, you know, out to his dad's for like a week to, and oh, how old was Austin? How, how old, do you remember how old he was? How old was he? Eight years old. Austin was eight years old, and so Austin promised his dad, while you're out there, I'm going to mow the yard. And so, so, so his dad was going to be gone a week. So his dad left, wasn't even like an hour down the road, and Austin called me and go, Papa, get over here. We got to mow, mow, mow the yard. I said, Dude, I said, Austin, it's only the day one. Your dad's going to be gone for a week. We don't have to mow it now. He would not let me go. He said, get over here and help me. He's like, okay, okay. <laughs> you know the grass is going to grow a week before your dad gets home. It is going to look like it's been mowed. But I, I accommodated my grandson, okay. Went over. I was, I was a little frustrated, but okay, let's do this. <laughs> you know it. And so I get over there, and so, you know, I had to do something with the, I had to trim around the yard on the riding lawnmower so he can mow it. And so, so I'm over there and everything, and, you, and, and, and I was a little frustrated because I thought, we have all week. <laughs> and so I'm sitting there, and we're doing this. So then it was a flat tire, so we had to air up the tire. And all of a sudden, Tiffany goes, where's that, where's that smoke coming from uh, the neighbor's house? And I looked over there and said, Oh, he's probably barbecuing. I, I didn't even barbecuing. So I went to the back and she goes, no, 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 Dad. She said, the house is on fire. The minute she said the house is on fire, I took off running. I, I come around the front of, I come running across 
the driveway and I started hearing, help! I'm telling you, I heard that. I could not stand that. The house was on fire. Someone's inside yelling help. Okay? So, uh, so I told Tiffany, I said, call 911. I'm going to go. I cannot because I kept hearing help. So I went over. I thought maybe the door might be unlocked. The door wasn't unlocked. And so I, 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 I stood back and I kicked the door open. My Austin and all my grandkids said, where'd you learn karate? Because <laughs> you just blew that whole door off. It did. It just blew off. And when the door blew off, all of a sudden, black smoke and nothing but fire. And I kept hearing, help! So I looked at Tiffany. I said, I'm going in there. I can't do this. Called 911. She's on the phone 911. So I'm down on my hands and knees. All I saw was smoke and fire. But I kept hearing help. So I'm crawling through, and all that's around me is flames and smoke. I said, God, you got to lead me to this voice because I cannot handle that. I could not handle standing on the outside of that hearing someone screaming for help. And about the time when I said, Lord, you need to help me find him because I don't know how long I'm going to have to wander through this fire. All of a sudden, a wind came from behind me and I saw an edge of a couch. And so I reached over there and I pushed the couch around and there he was. And so I crawled over to him and said, sir, if you can do anything to help me, I got to get you out of here because your house is on fire. He couldn't. He couldn't help me at all. So I rolled him over on his back, and I started scooting with all my knees and started scooting back toward the door. And when I got, finally got to the, to the opening of the door, I just took one deep breath, and I yanked him up, and I dragged him all the way out into the yard. And then I looked back in the house, and the house was just engulfing flames. And I said, sir, I said, I'm, just bear with me. I'm going to drag you all the way to the street because your house is going to look like it's going to blow up. So I got him all the way up to the street. By that time, the police officer showed up. The ambulance showed up. The fire department got there after I got him all the way out. You know, and so, so they're there, and they're talking and everything. And, and, and is anybody else in there and, and la, 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 and everything. And so I don't know who told him, but someone told him that, that me, the guy up there, dragged this guy out. And so the, the, the paramedics and the firemen come up, and they ask, are you okay? Because they knew I was inside the fire. I said, yeah, I'm okay. Tend to that guy. And then all of a sudden, you know, the firemen and the police officers and the medic comes up, and they said, listen to me. You're like a hero. That guy would not have made it. We wouldn't have got here in time to get him out of there. And I said, I'm not no hero. I just could not handle him screaming. Amen. All of a sudden, his son shows up. They got a hold of his son. His son shows up right when they're getting ready to put their, his dad into the the ambulance, and, and his son is weeping and crying. And I think Tiffany or someone told his son, he said, that guy up there dragged your father out. So his son come up bawling to me, just thanking me. And then his daughter shows up. His daughter, she just come unglued. She wrapped her arm up. And every time I see this guy, tears gets in his eyes. Amen. They went ahead, and, and a couple months later, they went ahead, and, 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 and I got a phone call, and they said, hey, are you available on this date? And I said, yeah. I said, who is this? And, and they said, well, we're the, the city of Gladstone. We want to give you a couple awards. I said, awards for what? And they said, you just don't understand what you did. I'm sitting there going, I just did what I thought anybody else would do. 
They said, well, we want to be here. We want all your family to be here. And I was really reluctant. Trust me, I was. I said, okay, I'll, I'll come there because I didn't want no record because I just did what I thought anybody would do. You know? And so I showed up, and so the mayor was there. All the police officers were there. All the ambulance people, all the fire department was all standing around there. They gave me these two certificates, honor me as being a hero and everything. The mayor goes, you got anything to say? I said, no, not really. And she goes, no, seriously, you, you want to say? It? I said, well, I don't feel like a hero. I just did. I said, I couldn't handle what I heard. And the mayor goes, you can ask any of these people right here. Any of these law officers or anything, in your eyes, you're a hero because they wouldn't have got there and got that guy out. After I heard that, listen to me. After I did that, after I heard that cry, I've been walking around going, God, let me hear the cry of the loss. Amen. Amen. Listen to me, people. They're crying out there. They're lost. Don't get irritated by what they do. <laughs> I've never got irritated by what the lost does. You know what I get irritated about? What the church does. <laughs> my frustration is how the church acts. I have no problem with my sinner friends around me, on, on the houses around me. They're sinners. I mean, you understand what I'm talking about? Sinners going to do, I mean, I mean it, I mean, if you wasn't saved all your life. <laughs> I mean, have you done some bad things before you got saved, amen? So it, it doesn't bother me what sinners does. It doesn't bother me at all. What bothers me is what church people does because we, we're not supposed to be that way. But ever since that, I said, oh, God, let me hear the cry of the lost. Amen? I, I, I beg God, let me hear the cry of the lost because they're lost, amen? I was lost out there. I was had a cry inside of me. I mean, remember Jesus said, I got to go to Samaria. He says, I literally have to go there. You want to know why? Because he heard the cry of the lost woman there. Amen? Listen to me. We're supposed to be winning the lost at any cost. The scripture says, those who win souls are wise. Amen? Everybody say it's soul winning. We got, we, there, we, there's a harvest out there. And listen to me. I believe in the power of prayer. I do really do. Amen. But I don't know about you. Do you guys plant anything like tomatoes or anything down here? You guys, you guys have gardens? Do you guys have gardens where you plant like tomatoes or anything? Well, you guys just buy them from the store? <laughs> oh, that's okay. No, I mean, if you do. Okay, well, we plant tomato plants sometimes up there, okay? And so and so, so the tomatoes start growing and they get ripe. I mean, they get ripe, okay? Do you guys know what a tomato plant looks like down here? <laughs> you all look at me like shell-shocked, like, we don't plant anything down here. We go to uh, the store and we buy them, okay? <laughs> but anyway, just flow with me, okay? <laughs> and so, so, so you plant this tomato plant. Amen. And tomatoes start growing on it. And then they get big and they start turning red and they get really deep red. And, and they're ripe. Everybody say ripe. Okay. And, and so listen to me. It would be ridiculous for me to sit in my house and go, here, tomato. Come on, tomato. Get off here and come on in here, tomato. Come on, tomato. Oh, I wish you would just jump off of that vine and come walking through here. Wouldn't that be ridiculous? But a lot of times that's what we're doing with the harvest. Come on in here. 
Just come on in here. I mean, no, we're supposed to go to them. Amen. If I want my tomatoes, I got to go pick my tomatoes. Amen. I mean, understand what I'm talking about. They just don't pop off the vine. They don't have legs. You know, they just don't fall off and start rolling through the door, open the door and come rolling in. Here I am. Amen. No harvest. Okay. And you know, we you know, we got people around us that harvest corn and yeah, fields and fields and fields and fields. Amen. And they're out there when it's harvest time. Bringing in the harvest. How I many know oh, Jesus said over 2,000 years ago that the harvest is ready? Amen. Amen. We have to go pick it. Amen. We got to get out there. One of the biggest people in our church that invites people is my grandson Wesley. He's not bashful anyway. He'll invite older people. Couples, everything. Bentley's here because, why Bentley here? Because Wesley said, you need to come to church. Do you, listen to me. Do you know that according to statistics, do you know the number one reason why people in America don't go to church? They're not asked. You know Pastor Young E. Cho, Pastor Young E. Cho, the biggest church? You know what they do every time? Because a lot of times they have to walk to church. They're knocking on doors, walking to their church, inviting people to come. That's how their church grew. Amen. Brownsville Revival. Remember Brownsville Revival? Three months, three weeks or a month into the revival. You know, I don't know if I got the whole story totally right, but I've heard this. You know, Steve Hill, that's good that the church is getting blessed, but he says, I'm about souls, you know. So, so he looks at Pastor Patrick, he says, I think it's time for him to move on. Because I'm about souls. And so Pastor Patrick said, well, wait a minute. Let's just encourage the people to go after people. So they walked out that night and they said, okay, it's time for us to go get the harvest. And so the people said, okay, we'll do it. Once they started going out, that's when the millions started coming to them. Amen. Everybody say it's all about the lost. It's all about the lost. Don't, don't, don't get blown away by what they're doing, okay? Listen to me. We're going to be starting it up here again. We used to go out on the street once a month. Okay, and we go to the worst part of town. Because I mean, Jesus said the well don't need a physician, it's the people that are sick needs a physician. So we go to the worst part of town. You, I mean, it's such a bad part of town that when the police officers show up, we don't have no business. Because when they show up, everybody goes running. It's kind of like, can you wait till we're done? <laughs> to the police officers, they go running, you know. I mean, and we got all types of people that comes up. We have he, she's. How many of you know what that is? How many know what that is? That's guys that think they're ladies. <laughs> Amen. And you know what? We embrace them. Amen. Did you hear me? We embrace them. Ask all these people that's been out on the street with, we embrace them. That don't bother me if you think you're whatever. <laughs> you know, you need Jesus. <laughs> so I go out there and I put my arm around them and said, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I said, are you really doing good? And then they'll start talking to you. They're not doing good. We're out there, and listen to me, we're laying hands on them, on the sidewalks and in the parks. They're falling under the power of God. <laughs> they haven't even got saved yet. <laughs> we lay them hands up, whoo, and the power of God, I mean, they're laid out. And then they're getting up, and they're going, wow, what is that? 
We, several times we've had, we've had them go, that was better than the drugs I just took. <laughs> we had one guy goes, you need to bottle this stuff and sell it. I said, I said, okay, wait a minute, it's not for sale, it's free. But we got out there. And we don't judge any, any, any way that they come, we don't judge, amen? We always said when it comes wintertime, we have clothes, and then, and then we, we, we realize that, that a lot of times they don't have personal garments. I mean, I know what I'm talking about. So me being the bold guy, I get to be the guy that announces underwear. I couldn't get nobody else in the church to do it. Nobody else wanted to stand out there and yell underwear. Okay, so I'm out there and I said, underwear, free underwear right over here. And we have them in bags according to size. Okay. And so we let the men come down, mainly men. And, it says, and I said, okay, what size do you think you were? Oh, it's in this bag. And so we let them get, listen to me. This broke my heart. I'm sitting over doing this, and all of a sudden a lady shows up. And she goes, do you got any garments for women? And I thought, oh, my goodness, we don't. I said, no, we don't. I said, we don't have. My heart was broken. And I got my wife. I said, come over here. I said, she's asking. I said, we don't. And so I, we bent down to her and we talked to her and said, hey, if you want to, we'll take you behind our car. And if you want any of these men's underwear to wear, at least have a clean pair, we'll do that privately so no one will see you. Tears started streaming down her face. So we took her behind the vehicle and we let her get whatever she wanted and put in her bag so nobody could see it. Because she just wanted something clean. And we were weeping and crying. That just broke my heart. I'll tell you another story before I end. You know, people, you know, especially who knows me, they, they know I, I don't know any stranger. I'll talk to anyone. So we're, we're, we're over there in the worst part of town. I see this young lady sitting way off in, in the park, and she wasn't coming up and getting anything. So I looked at my wife. I said, Let's take some food down there. And, and this one guy goes, what? I said, we're going to take some food down to that young lady. And he goes, oh, you don't want to bother her. <laughs> I said, what do you mean you don't want to bother her? None of us mess with her. I said, so you know what her name is? And he goes, yeah, her name's Sarah. I said, okay, sweetheart, come. And he goes, you do not want to go down to her. And I said, I'm not listening to you. I'm going down to her, okay? And so we started walking down to her. We was getting closer. We were getting closer. All of a sudden, she looked at us. And she said, you can stop right there. So we did. I said, I hear your name is Sarah. She goes, yeah. And she goes, what do you want? And I said, well, I'm here to tell you that Jesus loves you. No, he does not. That's why she responded. So me and my wife just been down on the, where we was at. Didn't get close to her. We're having this conversation. She, I'm saying, listen to me, Sarah. Jesus really loves you. She goes, no, he does not. I said, well, Sarah, who told you that Jesus didn't love you? And she said, my mom always told me Jesus didn't love me. I said, I don't know what was going on with your mom, because how I many know you don't want to put down, you know, you don't know what was going on. I said, I don't know what was going on with your mom, Sarah, but listen to me. Jesus does love you. She's going, no, he doesn't. And all of a sudden, how I many know if you're led by the Lord? All of a sudden, the Lord asked, told me, ask her what her favorite pizza is. I thought, why would I want to do that? She's not even wanting our food. The Lord goes, ask her what her favorite pizza was. 
I said, okay, Sarah, what's your favorite pizza? And she goes, why? I'm saying, they go, yeah, I'm trying to figure it out myself. <laughs> and she goes, why did you, why would you ask that? And, the, and when she was asking that question, the Lord said, tell her you're going to be back over here tomorrow at noon with that pizza. I said, because, I, I asked her, I said, you going to be here in this park tomorrow? She said, yeah. I said, will you be here around noon tomorrow? She said, yeah. She said, I said, I'm going to be here with your favorite pizza. And she goes, you will not. I said, Sarah, listen to me. I'm expecting you to be here, so you better be here. We left the food right there, okay? So when it come the next day, we got up, me and my wife got, we went and bought a pizza. We bought, she liked pepperoni, I think it was pepperoni pizza. And we got a big pepperoni pizza. And so when we got out of the park, you got to tell all the other homeless people, you don't touch this pizza. Sometimes you got to get a little firm with them, okay? <laughs> says, you don't touch this. And so, so we're walking, and all of a sudden, I saw her. I said, hey, Sarah. Man, she flipped her head around. She couldn't believe we were there. She still wouldn't let us get close to her. And I said, here's a pizza. And the Lord goes, ask her if she's going to be here tomorrow. I thought, am I going to bring another pizza to her? <laughs> I said, Sarah, you going to be here tomorrow? She says, yes. Why? I said, I'm going to bring you another pizza. She goes, you will not. God is my witness. Okay, God had us do this for like three months. Every day we showed up with a pizza for Sarah. Her heart was softening. We was able to get real close to her and have conversations with her. Now listen to me, God is my witness. We're doing this for like three months, every day. Every day we're bringing a pizza. We had to change the time on a Sunday because we have church, so we're not going to miss church. You know? But we did get it out there too. I mean, we are every day getting a pizza for The last time we saw Sarah, it was a rainy day. It was really pouring down rain. And so we pulled up, and she was right there on the sidewalk, and we rolled, I rolled down the window. I said, hey, Sarah. And when she turned and looked on me, it, she had a glow of an angel. We never saw her after that. For like another month, we used to go out there with the pizza. You know, and all the other homeless people said, if she's not here, can we have it? So we gave it to them, you know, it's like. Listen to me. We have to go after them. Amen? You and I have to go after them. They're just not going to walk through our doors. Amen? We got to get out there and go after them. We got to get out there and, 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 and pull them out of the flames of hell. Amen? Amen? Because, um, listen, we have so many conversions on the streets and so, so many lives change on the street. I love that street. I just love it. I just, I can't wait to get back down there because I love the harvest. Amen? Listen to me, church. Revival is more than just us getting blessed, our socks getting blessed off. Amen? There's a dying lost world out there. And they're looking for light. Amen? We're, I, me, my wife's already in heaven, but I know I'm going to see Sarah in heaven. I know I am. I just, the Lord confirmed that with, to us. We never saw her anymore. I know, I know, I know when my wife went through the, door, the gates of heaven on that morning, I know that Sarah was standing there waiting for her with Jesus. 
Listen to me. We got to get out there. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to get out there. And listen, it really doesn't take a special time. How many know we're around the harvest all the time? How many know you got neighbors? I'm out with my neighbors all the time. I'm out there witnessing my neighbor. My neighbors, they know who I am and everything. They're ask, they ask me for prayer. One of my neighbors, I was out there doing something in the yard, and he goes, come over here. I went over there and get in the garage. I thought, wow, what's going on? And he took me in his garage, and he, said, he says, I need you to pray for me. I need you to pray for me. I said, what's going on? He said, I don't know. There's just, there's just something that's not there. So I said, okay, but before I pray for you, let me tell you, I was in your shoes. I was living with nothing in there. I said, you know what that is? You're void the presence of God. You're void, you're, you're, you're void of Jesus being in your heart. So I led him. I said, you're going to have to accept Jesus. I got, I got my neighbors out there. I got another neighbor that just found out he had cancer, and he waved me over. He says, will you do my funeral? I said, well, first of all, let's don't think about that right now. But I said, but you need to be ready just in case you go. Amen. So I'm a person that I live in a neighborhood, but I'm out in a neighborhood. <laughs> You know, you know, a lot of times people think, okay, to, to go after the loss, we're going to have to go do a special thing like the inner city like we do. No, I got, I mean, I mean, you live in a neighborhood. Is everybody saved in your neighborhood? How many of you work on a job? You know everybody's not saved on your job. <laughs> Amen. And so it's all about the harvest. Everybody say the harvest. This is what revival is about. Amen. And I can't wait to get back out on the streets. I just can't wait. Amen. It, it does it, that. Hey, after you worked down there for two years and, and, and you thought you got shot, you're not scared no more. Amen. I remember me almost getting shot. So that fears out of me, okay? <laughs> you know. And so, but we go to the bad parts of town, trust me. There's some people in the church that don't want to go. I try to encourage them. I say, you don't have to be afraid of nothing. I said, we come back. <laughs> Haven't we come back? I'll tell you a funny story. I'm going to hear a funny story. It really, it's really not funny. I shouldn't say that. It's irritating. <laughs> so here we're supposed to be. Listen to me. If you don't have a heart for the harvest, don't show up, okay? <laughs> Because you're going to make things worse. So, so I had this brother, the brother that was with us and everything. And, and because sometimes the harvest is not really receptive. Amen. You know, sometimes, you know, they may not like the drink and they'll toss the drink down. Or they may not like the food and they'll toss the food. And if, if, that, if that bothers you, don't come. Because I had this one brother that was helping us. I did not know he had anything inside him like this. And all of a sudden, he was down there giving something to, the, to a harvest a guy, and then all of a sudden, I heard this commotion going on, and I hear this Christian brother on this side of the table <laughs> going at this guy in the harvest and said, come on, let's go in the park, and I'll, well, I'll beat you up, dude. I'm going, dear God, I run down there and grab a hold of the dude. I said, get over here, man. What in the world are you doing? I grabbed a hold of him and dragged him behind the vehicle. I'm going, what in the world are you going? He goes, did you see what he did? I said, I don't care what he did. We're supposed to be Christians, amen. <laughs> You're telling the dude to go down the park and beat you up. I said, you almost resurrected in me to beat you up. 
for doing that. Needless to say, he didn't go back down the street. We don't need you, okay? We don't need you getting mad and upset at a harvest. They're harvest. They come to you higher than a kite, drunker than a skunk. Amen. That's just the way they are. Amen. We had this one little boy that showed up. He jumped out of a car. He, he, he knew we were, were believers somehow and everything. And he comes over. He says, I want you to pray for my grandmother. I said, okay, we'll pray for her. Grandma, what's going on? Well, she, she's been diagnosed with cancer. All this coming tears in my eyes. He said, they don't expect her to live, and I need my grandmother. And so we prayed for her. And, and he left. And then the next month that we went down there, because we would go down once a month, he come back out there, and he come run up. He says, I got to tell you something. I said, tell me. He said, my grandmother's healed. <laughs> you. And he had the biggest grin. He said, my grandmother's healed. He said, thank you for praying for my grandmother. I got my grandmother back. He's probably living with his grandmother, to be quite honest. Amen. Listen to me. They're crying out there. They need us, church. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say they need us. They really need us. They're not just going to come running through the doors. And we pray. We pray for the north and the south and the east to release them like Scripture says. But you know they could be released waiting for someone to come and get them. Stand with me if you would. Woo, isn't God good? Oh, God, emotional because I love that street stuff. I love the harvest. Amen. Ever since, I, ever since the Lord gave me the strength to drag that guy out of the fire, I asked him, help me to hear the cry of the lost. Amen. Isn't God good? Go ahead and start stacking up the chairs. Amen. So we get ready to pray. I believe that, I believe just like Pastor Scott said, this is going to be a deepness that we've never felt. Amen. Oh, we're going to have to watch Tiffany now. She's take it easy. Take it easy. What a testimony. What a testimony. Did you just find that out today? Wow. I've been praying for you guys all the time. I said, Lord, I haven't heard anything. I want to hear from them that she's pregnant. Just when we get back down, I want to hear from them that she's pregnant. Because I hadn't heard anything for the two or three months that we haven't been down here. I thought, oh, Lord, you know, just just help her to be. Because listen to me. When you read Scripture, Scripture says there's things that are never silent before the Lord. And one of them is a barren womb. The scripture says a barren womb cries out before God all the time. Wow, what a testimony. Listen, you ought to jump and dance over that, amen. No, you ought to jump and dance over that, amen. You know, seriously. If it's a boy, you can name it Ralph. If it's a girl, you can name it Ralphina, okay? 
Now, God bless you. I'm excited for it. I really, I can't wait to get back and tell, tell our church up there on Sunday. Oh, there's another miracle that happened. Woo, isn't God good? How I many you want to go beyond what you've been able to go beyond so far? Amen. Amen. Come and make a line across here. Just make a line across here. Young people getting us lying, man. And it touched the cold to my lips. I was a man of unclean lips. Isn't God good? Before we come and pray for you, I listed off all these things about revival. Amen. So we're going to have to deal with some of this stuff. Amen. I mean, you got to deal with it. So, so if you're sitting here, if you don't have the drive and the passion for his presence no more, you're going to have to have the Lord forgive you of that. If you're not in love with him, you're going to have to ask the Lord to forgive you that. What was it Steve Hill said? Steve, Steve Hill said, if it's not Jesus in the morning, Jesus at noon, Jesus in the evening, and Jesus when you get up and go to bed, he said, I question your salvation. Like, wow. Okay. But he was right. It had to be about him 24-7. Amen. So we're going to have to deal with that. If we're not in love with him, we're going to have to deal. If you got any areas that you're not walking in holiness. Amen. Because I mean, no, it is a highway of holiness. Amen. So we're going to have to ask the Lord to help us with that. If Listen to me. If we have problems not loving brothers and sisters inside here, you don't need to go out to the harvest. Okay. Because you'll offend the harvest. You're getting mad. And we, we, I had to mop up a mess on that one guy. I had to mop him up first. And then I had to go out to the homeless guy and talk to him. And he's looking at me like, I thought you guys were believers. I said, hey, I am. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> That's what I told him. You don't, you don't hide it. I said, we are. I don't know. We're going to deal with him when we get back, okay? And trust me, he won't be back out here. And he didn't. Because you can't, I mean, no, you can't have that. You just can't. Okay, but, but, but we're going to have to get past our divisions among us. We've got to love one another. Amen. Amen. You've got to love the one that's next to you. Amen. You've got to love the one that you live with. <laughs> Amen. Isn't God good? Amen. We've got to be, and, and listen to me. Oh, listen to me, church, the harvest. Everybody say the harvest. If you and I don't have a heart for the harvest, there's something wrong. We really don't have the heart of God if we don't have a heart for the harvest. Jesus said, I got to be about my father's business. And I may know the scripture says he came to seek and save that which is lost. When he left, he gave that baton to us. The church has dropped it. We just dropped it. You know? And the worst thing about a revival is when it just becomes an inside thing without an outlet. I mean, no, there has to be the outlet. We got to go after them. Everybody say after them. So we're going to have the Lord to put a love for us for inside of us for that harvest. Amen. A love for them. You know. I, I, I'm telling you, I, I'm so emotional over the harvest right now because I remember all the stories. 
you know, and then COVID come in and all that stuff, and they wouldn't even let us go out there. They wouldn't let us do anything, you know, I'm talking about. So we are like, I'm really ready to go, like now. Okay. Amen. But we got to have a heart for the harvest. We do. We do. When I was out in the world, when I was out in the world, and, and I'd come home in the wee hours of the morning, my sister Carol was always up. She was always up. She never did put me down for anything that, that, uh, that I did. She's, only, she's like the only one of the few ones that can call me Ralphie and get away with it. So I'd come home, and she goes, hey, Ralphie. And I'd go, yeah. And, and so I'm higher than kite and just floating around and all that. And she goes, you know, God has a better plan for you than this. I said, yeah, just help me to bed right now. <laughs> That's what I told her. And all the way back, she'd help me to my bed. And she goes, God has an awesome plan for you. How many know they don't need to be reminded of everything that they're doing? I didn't need to be reminded, Zoe. I just need to be reminded. God has an awesome plan for you. And she would take me back there and help me get in bed. And I would just pass out, and she would be praying for me. And just, and it was time. It's like I owe my life to my older sister. Because she did. She prayed me into the kingdom of God. She really did. She just loved me in the condition I was. She didn't judge me. The church I grew up in judged me. All of a sudden, I started wearing long hair. I started drifting out there. And so I started missing church. And I come back. I started walking through there. I started hearing whisper. Oh, the devil's here. I thought, dear God, the devil's at church. <laughs> That's a concept that I didn't hear. I was going, what? And then I realized they were talking about me because I had long hair. Pastor Scott, I had long hair, and all of a sudden I was a devil. I thought, fool on you, stinking people. I grew up with you. So I didn't go back to church. I wasn't, I listened. I didn't go back twice a year like a lot of people do. I didn't show up at Easter. I didn't show up at Christmas. <laughs> I was like, not fool on you guys, okay? If, you, if you're going to say that I'm a devil because I have long hair, and I grew up with these people, that irritated me, frustrated me. It's like, wow. Wow, I thought, I thought we were supposed to love people in here. Amen. You know what? I needed some of them older men in the church to grab a hold of me and love on me. You understand what I'm talking about? Listen to me. When you see someone drifting, don't judge them. Do not judge them. Wrap your arms around them. Let them know I'm praying for you that you do not go any further than you are. And I'm going to intercede for you that, that you get pulled back into the fold, back into the kingdom. How I many you know Jesus went after the one all the time? He went after the one. Amen. We need to go after the one. I really feel something heavy on this harvest thing. I think it's getting ready to break loose. I do. I do. And listen to me. I don't want nobody else to come to me from another church. I'm tired of that. I really am. It doesn't thrill me when someone shows up. We used to go here. Oh, go. Okay. God bless you. You know, because usually when they leave somewhere, they're packing something. And then it will start surfacing up in you, and then you got to deal with it, and then you got to go, jeez. You know? So, I, I, you know, after a while as a pastor, you get a little wisdom and say, God, don't let them people come here. Amen. 
And then give me the strength when they show up just to turn around and say, God bless you. <laughs> There's a church for you down around the corner. Okay. Amen. But, but we got we have to get out in the harvest field. Amen. Amen. How many of you got prodigals? You know what you need to do, your prodigals? Go wrap your arms around them. Just love on them. Just decree over them, God has awesome plans for you. Don't be always angry at them. You know, frustrated at them. You know, that's where we need pure love, true love. Amen. So everybody put your hands on your heart. Amen. Repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus, whatever I'm lacking in, I ask you to forgive me of. I ask that you fill me with you. I ask that you become the love of my life, the center of all of my affections. I ask that you just purify me. Purge me with the fire of heaven. I ask that you birth love inside of me for one another. I want to love my brothers and sisters. Jesus, I want you to give me a heart for the harvest. Help me to hear their cry. They're crying, Jesus. Help me to be the light. I answer like Isaiah, send me, Lord. Send me to them. In Jesus' name. Lift up your hands. We're going to come and pray for you. One of the keys, listen to me, last night, one of the keys is when you get touched, just stay there. The first time I was at Brownsville, God is my witness, I got prayer at 10 o'clock. I was still on the floor at 3 in the morning. And I didn't, I wasn't sleeping. I heard everything going around. But the glory of God was so strong, I didn't want to leave. The, the glory was on me like a blanket. 10 o'clock, I was awake. I heard the ushers telling my wife, well, if he, if he can't get up in a little wall, we'll put him up and get him in the wheelchair. And I'm saying, you guys can go home and leave me here, okay? Because I'm in the glory. I mean, know the glory. Amen. So I say that because whatever, however God moves on you, just stay. Even if you don't go out on the floor, just stay standing there. Amen. Woo, isn't God good? So it's time for us to go beyond. How many of you are ready to go beyond?